Welcome back, listeners. Thank you so much for growing this podcast. I wanted to let you all know that I found out um, just a little bit ago that it's number one on Feedspot in the Empty Nest niche. And that is such a blessing. And that is only because you listeners are tuning in and taking time to spend time on Empty Nest Guests. So thank you. We're in over 30 countries now. And I'm also so honored, you all, to be a part of what's called the Spark Media Collective of Podcasts. Check out the app Edify, and that's E-D-I-F-I. If you don't have it, get it, because you can have access to thousands and thousands of Christian podcasts. They um, group them in different niches for you, and I think you'll love it. So thank you for tuning in to Empty Nest Guests, but I wanted to make sure that you all knew about other resources, and um, how to find more podcasts that you would enjoy listening to. Today, I am so glad that we have one of our very favorite guests back. I hear from some of you, and I know you love when Jim Burns is on. So today we have Jim Burns with Homeward, and so proud and excited for him and of him. He has a new book, and we're going to talk about that and catch up with Jim. So Jim, welcome back. Well, thank you, Charlotte. And really, congratulations on this number one podcast in the Empty Nest niche. That's huge. It's, it's and really so, an re- honor. way to go. Thanks. Thank you so much. I'm excited no, about it. Oh, it's great. Oh, you know, I have a little bit of a radio background. And I remember saying to um, Cindy in my office after our first conversation, I went, wow, she's good. She's a natural. Well, obviously, you're good and you're a natural because these people keep listening. And uh, your content is great. Your questions are great. And dialogue is great. So congratulations. Well, really. Thank you. And, you know, honestly, um, I, I'm going to take a little hiatus and, and get to some writing. I think I've told you about that, but it's really amazing. Yeah. I, I pray about like, Hey Lord, what do you want me to record? And it's just, sometimes I just sit back and I think, you know, we should remember that when we ask God about something, he's, hopefully he's going to answer, like we should expect an answer. And it's just wonderful to be able to have this book uh, to talk about. And then a conversation I'll have after I record with you, I have another recording that's just so from Holy Spirit led um, encouragement. And so that I'm just going to keep going as long as he puts in my, my spirit, what he wants me to record. Does that make sense? That's awesome too. And that's the way to do it. You know, this is, it's about helping people make good decisions in the in a season that's very interesting it's the second half of life i always say games are won in the second half not in the first half and uh, you're helping people at a really key stage in, and phase in their life that we don't think about we're yeah. never prepared for it. we we don't think about it and i'm so excited i love the title jim of your new book and listeners it's called finding joy in the empty nest and it says uh, discover purpose and passion in the next phase of your life and I just love that, Jim. Tell us what led to this book and kind of how you, you know, how did that get get put in your heart? Well, first of all, Kathy and I jumped into the empty nest, but we did it several times, Charlotte, because <laughs> our, our kids kept boomeranging back and we did a, a start stop, if you would. But when we did, we kind of went, wow, we were not prepared for this. And then you and I had a conversation some time ago about doing life with your adult kids. Yes. Uh, it's a book that I I wrote a book on that, doing life with your adult children, keep your mouth shut and to welcome that out. And funny enough, 
Um, I kept, I, I had a chapter planned for the empty nest, but it, the, my notes, my research just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And finally I went, you know what? I'm not going to talk about the empty nest in that book. I'm actually going to move it over to, uh, write a book on the empty nest and, you know, drum roll for, for us. It, it, it's, uh, you know, launching and I'm so excited about it. And as I started looking at the research, it surprised me because again, most people, uh, don't find the empty nest easy. Uh, this transition is hard and it was for Kathy and I. So it's a real personal, you know, a personal search for us in terms of what in the world are we going to do now that the kids are gone yes. and we were so much excited about them, um, you know, starting their new lives and all that. And then we sat in a very quiet table with a way more food than we ever needed and went, what are we going to do now? It, you know, kind of mumbling, so where are the kids going to call? We overorder still. Um, and, you know, listeners, um, in talking to Jim, please go back at the beginning of when this podcast started. Jim and I have actually recorded a couple of other episodes. Some of them are real targeted and the other is just an overview. But it's just so helpful to hear um, someone who's running a, a corporation as, as helpful as Homeward. So I want to direct you all to homeward.com and make sure that you know what Homeward offers. It's just a fabulous ministry. Um, it's, it's nonprofit, so it's funded by you all as well. But there are just so many things that Homeward is helping people do. Um, changing relationships with children for the better, facing big issues, aging parents, finances, rekindling your fire and purpose. The Homeward is helping people from all over. So please go there. And then, um, what, Jim, when you said you and your wife sat there and kind of were like, okay, what next? Um, I also have another podcast listeners. You'll have to listen to it about how men and women um, empty nests differently. What do you think about that, Jim? We kind of are like looking at each other sometimes going, well, I think you should do this my way. And Gordy will be like, well, what about my way? And so. Well, you know, I, I think you're right. And I think it's fascinating because some people might not like this because I'm going to say, you know, I agree that women and men do it differently. And that's only from my experience. It's anecdotal from uh, the focus groups we did from talking with people. But you know, my experience was Kathy was the sun and the planets were our children. And I was kind of a planet. We all sent it, you know, we went around her and all of a sudden she lost that position because everybody moved out and uh, she got me. Um, and, uh, and I just worked harder. I put, you know, you have time, you actually have more time. And so what I did was I kind of put uh, some of my, what I call the empty nest syndrome grief um, in more into work. And Kathy, you know, had to kind of, you know, reinvent herself. And I think she probably did a better job because she was very much aware of some of the sadness and and the loss, if you would, the change. Um, and I just, you know, jumped into work. And uh, and then I think sometimes when people are empty nest and they retire, you and I talked about this, that, you know, sometimes the the wife, the spouse, the wife is going to the, if the husband's there, like, find a job, you know, get a life. You're following me around and, you know, I sure love this, but we we also need to make sure that we are, you know, healthy individuals too. And some of the husbands are, you know, spend the first year kind of following their their wife around, which is funny. It is funny. And, you know, Jim, I think a word that you mentioned in the title that to me just made me so thankful and happy is joy, just finding joy. I yeah. always share with listeners, my precious mother has always taught me that the word joy stands for, you know, J is Jesus, O is others, Y yourself. And 
And if we just live that way, but so many people with coming off and still in for heaven's sakes, we had three friends with COVID last week. And right now, listeners, it's May 2nd, 2022. We're still seeing COVID and people um, sick with this. And we're all just praying and hopeful that this leaves us soon. But um, the the pandemic, the heaviness of that, empty nesting, um, graduating kids, men retiring. There's a lot of, I would say the word like despondency, like just heaviness. And so Jim, way to go that your very title even ushers in, hey, let's grab some joy. You know, joy and hope go together, Charlotte. And I wanted them to know that there is hope because a lot of people, we find this, if you, for example, if you take divorce, um, the, they call it the graying of divorce. Every segment, every segment of the uh, demographic of the population, divorce is going down, except for people fifty and over. And and I want people to know that they can experience joy in the empty nest, but they have to reinvent themselves. They have to reboot. They have to reconnect. They got to put some energy and time into it. Um, if not, they're going to just allow things to happen. And maybe there are people who are married. And again, every empty nester is not married, but maybe there are some people who are married who just swept stuff under the mat because they were trying to get their kids out of the house. You know, those teenage years aren't easy. And I want them to know that they're, no, you can find joy. And it's, I started asking people, not just people who are struggling in it, but how do you, how people who are doing well in the emptiness, what, what's your secret? And I, I kept coming up with the same principles over and over again. These were people who had rebooted. They had reconnected. They they put more energy into friendships. They put more energy into focusing on finishing well. I and mean, it was just fascinating that I kept hearing the same thing over and over again. There were patterns, I guess, as and, I started learning it's about so it. so good, you all. Jim does a wonderful job with his books. I think I have most of them at home. But you do add research and you add interviews and you have other empty nesters. And then you also have so much... Um, just in your professional work as a family educator, but I love the extensive research and things because you you know it's not just hey these are your thoughts and and your thoughts are awesome, but to have all the research that backs it, it's it's wonderful because you, for me as an empty nester, I wish I could say I walked around and had joy all the time, but I even found myself the other day I was getting prepared for this interview and I thought man. You know, Satan so comes to steal our joy. And wouldn't it be so like that for, you know, you and me to be kind of down and come against some things before we started this podcast? And so I just started praying against any kind of despair and um, and to find joy. And I thought, you know, we have to dig for it, though. You're right. You know, uh, I, Angela Duckworth wrote a book called Grit, and it's actually one of the most popular TED Talks not coming from necessarily a Christian point of view, but grit means when your passion and your perseverance are in it for the long haul. And I think we have to make sure that we do have to lean into that. And, you know, that happens to Kathy and me. We do uh, marriage conferences oftentimes together and we'll laugh because we'll go, why are we bickering right now? We're going to go speak in the next hour and we're having a moment about one of our kids or life or money or whatever it might be. And we kind of laugh because I think, I think that does happen. But, you know, when we build our lives and focus on a foundation, and I like to say that it's the foundation that uh, Christ talks about in, in the Sermon on the Mount, build your house on the rock instead of the sand. You know, wind comes, rain comes, but it doesn't, you know, crash like if it was built on sand. So part of it is, even in the empty nest, is, you know, building it on a healthy foundation 
and uh, and putting some energy there. And again, it takes energy. It, it takes does. work. It takes energy. And, you know, I love I was looking up some scriptures too to kind of intertwine during our conversation. And I love, um, you know, in the Bible, when you read a passage and then and then it'll say the word but and Galatians 522 says, but the Holy Spirit produces joy. And so that's the source of joy. And, you know, you mentioned the sand and Another verse I found was James 1, 2, when troubles come of any time, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Well, that's hard, but empty nesting can be troubling. Not everything can be perfect with our kids or our marriage or our lives or retirement might come early. Or, you know, I have several friends. I think I have six friends who are widows right now, and no one thought they, that was going to come at our early age. And there are opportunities for joy, but you have to look for them. And I love that your book does that. So, Jim. um, And you really do. They're out there. Yes. You you just have to look for them, like you say. I agree. Um, And, you know, uh, Jim, in your in your research, do you think people are ever really prepared for the empty nest? Well, I think very few are. I, I actually haven't met anybody yet. One of the reasons why I wrote when I wrote the book, Empty Nest, and when I speak on Empty Nest, I'm actually focusing on two people uh, who are on our board, Pat and Denise. I, when I write, I typically have somebody in my mind. And they were brand new empty nesters because uh, two of the greatest people I know, and they've been on our board and have been so much a part of the Homeward mission, but it caught them by surprise. I mean, it caught them by surprise. And so, you know, they all of a sudden woke up one day and said, wow, we have to reinvent our life. And so I think most people have that feeling, like what goes on now? And the people who do well are the ones who say, hey, I'm, I am going to sign up for a, a, a class at church. I am going to, you know, go work out. I am going to, and they start naming the things, you know, and a lot, it's funny how many people, and I run in, I obviously run in Christian circles, although every focus group I have isn't necessarily, you know, totally Christian, but a, how many people said we were so busy, we couldn't focus on you know, a Bible study or, or our own devotion. So now we're doing that. Those are the people who I think are, are doing well too. They're the people who said, no, I'm going to work on my soul um, in order to make the empty nest work better. And I think that's what's happening with these people that I kept focusing on saying, wow, they, they're, they're doing the work it takes to, to thrive in the empty nest. Oh, Even when so something good. tough, like you just mentioned, you, when you mentioned death, I mean, you know, a lot of times I, I'll say your circumstance may not change. Um, might be a really crummy circumstance, but your attitude and your thoughts on joy, and you can still have joy in the midst of that because that transcends your circumstances. That's not, that's easier said than done, but it is something we can accomplish, that's especially so with God's help. And, you know, I even found this awesome scripture. It was Psalm 126, five. It says, those who plant in tears will harvest mm. shouts of joy. And that's a great reminder because mm. As I do this podcast, you know, this whole thing started back in, I think, of October of 2020. And I was trying to just ask the Lord, you know, gosh, I'm seeing so many people down during this terrible pandemic. What what can I do? And I've always been thankful, even as a little girl, when I walked with the Lord and knew him at a really young age, that I was just an encourager. And I would, i that's a gift. That's a spiritual gift. And listeners, there's really amazing gifts out there that some of you have that I wish I had. Um, but encouragement has been a gift for me that's been just natural. And I thought, I feel like I could do something to offer just joy during the empty nest. And how could I connect with people like Jim and other people who are doing this well 
to offer encouragement. And um, so much of what I have heard in just the threads of talking to other people is, and Jim offers this advice so well in his book, that you need to get to know yourself. You might have to totally reboot, but it also may be that you don't hang out in the past and you get to know who you are and what God wants you to be about now. And Jim, don't you think like women need to do that separately? Men need to do that separately. And then if you're married, you need to get to know yourself individually yeah. and then connect. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, I, I, you know, they, what do they say on, on flights, you know, put on your, the oxygen mask first and then put it on your children. Well, I think that's the case. A lot of times we have to make sure we're in a good place if we want to build the relationship with our adult children or with our spouse, if we're married. And, uh, and then when we do that, we get the benefits like yesterday, Kathy and I, uh, went to a Do Los Angeles Dodgers game with our daughter, Heidi, and her husband and our little uh, grandson, Huxley, who was much more excited about ice cream than he was about the Dodgers. Sure. Let's face it, he's a year <laughs> and a half. But as we were driving back, Kathy and I had had a great day with with our daughter and, and her husband and, and whatnot. And I said, you know, the relationship has changed. It's a, It's almost like a friend. We're privileged enough to go to Greece here in a couple of weeks. and We're going to be with them. And and obviously they like it because we're we're more than excited to you know watch Huxley while they go play around too. That's cool for us. That'll be but awesome. I said you know we've kind of turned into almost like friend to friend. I was I was he's a financial guy and I was asking him some finance advice. Um, he's thirty some years old and here I am you know in the empty nest asking him questions. But we just we laughed, we had fun, and you know that wasn't it. The relationship had to be rebooted and changed with Heidi especially as she entered into uh, her adult years. And uh, now we're getting the benefit of that, even in empty nest that we can go on a trip with them real soon. Uh, and it's going to so be hopeful, awesome. Jim. And you know, um, yeah. what about some advice for those of us in the empty nest who might be struggling with doing life with their adult children? I yeah. know you said you'd had some struggles. Um, and so yeah. just for those who well, are struggling, we, are, we still have some advice? of these, we still have some of these struggles. A couple of, couple of principles. One is, um, well, here, here it goes. The principle is you're fired. Your role has to change. And a lot of parents want to keep parenting their adult children like they did when they were teens or even younger, which has some control in it. And frankly, I think we have to give them the passport to uh, adulthood. And then, you know, no adult wants us to always tell them what to do. And so it's the, you know, another principle is unsolicited advice is taken as criticism. Mm, very <laughs> and, you know, this happened to us yesterday. We were on our way back after we were, you know, in the bliss of with one of the children and, and we're all going to Europe because of a destination wedding. And uh, my other two daughters got involved in a conversation about the wedding. And uh, so, of course, I do what I do best in my mind, humble opinion. I can fix it. So I call my one daughter and say, hey, I got some thoughts for you. And she goes, you know what, dad, I'm not ready for those thoughts just yet. And uh, so this morning she called, he goes, I'm ready for the thoughts now. But, you know, I was like, wait, people pay me to give advice. So what do you mean? You don't want my thoughts right now. But they had kind of had some, a different of a difference of opinion on what the wedding ceremony it's, 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 it's actually, we had a COVID wedding. And so now this is, you know, the celebration, they had a difference of opinion. And, and I basically wanted to tell one daughter, the daughter who's getting, who's doing the wedding ceremony, it, that's hers, not yours, which makes a lot yes, of sense. But yes. um, 
Anyway, so I'm laughing because sometimes I break my own principles is what I'm saying. Oh, but you know, I'll do it like in the heat of yeah. like in the heat of it. And my sure. oldest daughter, I'm so thankful. Our oldest daughter is um, actually a has her master's in counseling, and she is so wise. And sometimes she'll say, um, like, we'll have a conversation, and she'll say, "Hey, um, this is sort of just a listening conversation." You know, like she's kind of prefacing it with, "Mom, I don't." I don't want you to say, hey, have you thought about <laughs> that? Great. And that's helpful. But what is helpful, I think, well, is we had to navigate through many errors that I made, I'm sure. Um, I would say to each one of our kids, how can I be a better empty nesting mom for you? Um, yeah. Tell me what I've kind of messed up doing and how can I be helpful? And each one of them yeah. has very different personalities. So I don't have the same answer given to me by each yeah. child. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, you get the gold star for empty nest mom, because that's what we should be doing with our kids, our adult kids and say, Hey, how am I doing? Give me some input. And, you know, most of our kids aren't going to be afraid to give us that input, but that's what we do. And, and, and again, we can learn from them when they see us respecting them as adults, whether they're acting like adults or not, that moves the relationship forward in such a big way. But what we sometimes aren't willing to make that question, you know, put that question out in front of them. So you, you did a great job with well, that. Absolutely. Maybe with that one example, but I have failed so many times, but the great thing is, I think, <laughs> I think the word that, that goes along with joy a lot of times is just grace. I mean, give yourself grace. Um, the other thing I think you and I talked about in one of our earlier conversations is, and listeners out there who are parents, two really strong, wonderful words that you can offer to your kids are, I'm sorry. And we yeah. need to apologize when we're wrong because we can be wrong a lot as parents. And those words where I'm the mom and I said so, and that's it. Those don't work anymore. Yeah. I'm not sure they ever did. No. To be honest. I mean, they, no, sometimes when right. kids they are really little, they, I said so. but, but the truth is, is that when we say, I'm sorry, we're doing several things. One is we're, we're being real and authentic and that's what our children want us to be. No, they're not expecting us to be perfect. And also we're showing them the way to communicate because communication is a learned trait. And so when they see mom or dad say, I had to say to Christy, my oldest, I said, you know what? I am so sorry. That was all about me. And that was not about you. And uh, interesting enough, a couple of months later, she had done something. I think she had bad attitude or something. And she goes, dad, I am so sorry. That was all about me. And that was not about you guys talking about my wife and I, and I kind of laughed and I gave her a hug and she said, will, will you forgive me? And I said, of course I forgive you. I said, you know, those words kind of sound familiar. Like I had to say that to you a couple of, <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks ago. And what was interesting is she said, dad, you always quote a verse that it says the man or woman of integrity walks securely. And you know what? You've given us some security because you're not afraid to say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Now, I wish I could say I've always done that and I don't. But that was interesting. From a, really At that point, I think Christy was about 18. But I learned something from her that day that she actually was listening because I never knew if she really listened to me when I'd say, you know, scriptures or when we talk about integrity. And uh, that day, it was worth it to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. on several levels. And it's so true. And, you know, I was looking at some notes here too about um, talking about the graying divorce. And it's interesting because you and I were talking about how like the helicopter parenting 
is we don't want to do that. And you certainly can't do that with adult children. But it's really interesting. I've had some conversations with many women in this empty nesting phase who say they are trying to not helicopter parent or mother their husband that might be retired. And it's, you know, it's so hard because you, you're nesting at home and that's the heart of the home and you're, you're, you know, trying to plan, but really planning and doing that can look like control and no, no husband wants to be controlled or helicopter parented or mothered. Um, and there's, we have to reboot. So what, what are some ideas you, you share in the book about rebooting a marriage? So women are not controlling and men are not fading away emotionally. What are some ideas? Well, I think we really do have to, to, to reconnect because again, when we have kids, especially when kids are in the teenage years, a lot of couples kind of give up some of the basics. And it was that great theologian, Vince Lombardi, the coach of the Green Bay Packers from that time ago. So he's not really a theologian. He's a but great he said when theologian. You, he's about football, I think he's he awesome. When, he has a lot of great quotes in the writer world. There's yay, a lot of okay. Vince Lombardi quotes you could use. Absolutely. But he says, you know, about football to, to his players, he said, when you've strayed away from the basics, you've gone a long ways toward defeat. And so I'm asking couples, if they're not dating, to spend 1% of their time dating. And they said, well, we're empty nesters. We could, you know, we eat dinner every night together, whatever. I go, no, 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 no. I'm talking about, you know, actually going out, having an experience. It doesn't have to be expensive, but you know, 1% of your time in a week is 90 minutes. So does that take place? Do you, in the second half, um, do you, do you do again, some of those kinds of basics? I mean, for Kathy and I, we started uh, saying, wait, we want to, we want to do some other trips. They don't have to be expensive trips and you surely don't have to go to you know, Europe and Hawaii and things like that. But, you know, we, we, in the middle of the empty nest, in the middle of our middle of us just becoming empty nesters and, in, and with pandemic, we ended up just getting in a car and driving up the coast. We live in California, driving up the coast of California. Everything was closed. We were lucky enough to get a motel, if you would. We ate in the motel because we, at that point, we couldn't even go, no restaurants were open. Yeah. And you know what? We had the time of our life and it was, and, and well, what did we do? Well, we took long walks. We had some fun meals, although they were meals we had to take out um, and, and then eat in our, well, one time we ate in the car overlooking the Pacific Ocean. It was awesome. It was pizza, right? Um, but then also more times of romance. And, and then for us, we actually, that day, we wrote down what we called our dream list. And it's what some people might call a bucket list, but it wasn't a dream list about, you know, we have to go to Michigan to be at a lake. What it was is, here's what we hope happens in our marriage in the next years. And that was really insightful to me because you know what? Her goals were different than my goals. And, and it was really interesting to hear Kathy. And so we decided we'd write down five and we don't, we don't usually do this very well, to be honest. I'm much more of a goal person. She's like, let's make it happen. Um, And, but let's don't, you know, write out the goals. And she, she wrote down five things that I still have in my head um, on that, from that trip about our empty nest, what it was going to look like. And, uh, and a couple of them were actually um, helpful to me because I would call them kind of her dream for our relationship that probably wasn't even close to my dream. And it's neat because you can love each other so well, helping each other with those dreams, you know, and Gordy and I found yeah. ourselves the other night, we just kind of looked at each other and said, wow, we've kind of gotten in a rut. You know, we, we are having dinner yeah. together. We are taking a walk in the neighborhood, but a lot of things are feeling the same again. And what we realized, um, I, I think 
you're always, you know, there's warfare usually all around. I mean, nobody wants um, to admit that sometimes that that could be all it is. But we have to stand against that, that Satan would love to destroy our marriage. And we were like, yep. wait a minute, right. we haven't recognized that lately. And the other thing we realized is we were not initiating toward each other. Like you, you can get really caught up in, oh, well, he must not be feeling that way toward me or, ah, she's probably not feeling that way toward me. And we both were like, this is crazy. We don't feel this way. And so we came against those feelings of whatever that were not true. I mean, it got really um, helpful when we started talking about this, but what we decided is, hey, we need to go back. Remember when we dated and we would He'd plan a date sometime and then I'd plan the date and that, and you feel really, um, you feel kind of pursued in that way. Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. I find that. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll let you in on a secret. Kathy and I wrote a book called closer. It's a, it's 52, uh, faith conversations that you can have in 20 minutes a a, a week. And uh, one of them is on non-negotiable date night. And so Kathy and I were going through our book of all things, and, uh, we wrote down 20, date ideas and Kathy totally forgot about them, but they weren't the date ideas that, you know, like let's go to dinner or go to the movies. It was like really cool. I mean, we live again by the, by the coast. So it's paddle boarding, walking on the beach, having breakfast at this place. It's right on the sand, you know, these, these kind of things. About two years later, I found the book and I realized we hadn't done them. So I started doing them without telling her where I was getting the ideas. Oh my gosh. From. That's and her friend, brilliant. Wendy, the other, her, her friend, Wendy, the other day said, wow, Jim, you're like really you know, Kathy was telling me the dates that are your choice. She does. She, we do the same thing where we choose. I, it's my turn. Then it's her turn. And you're really, you're really coming up with some great dates. And I said, Wendy, let me tell you this. I actually am taking these with Kathy's handwriting. I didn't write any of these down. We, we, we brainstormed and Wendy started laughing. She goes, so what you're telling me is you're stealing Kate, Kathy's date ideas. I go, yeah, there were two years ago. We hadn't done them yet. So she goes, well, Kathy sure thinks you're like, you know, making it really happen. And that's so awesome. But you know, another one. And, and you know, you talked about not yeah. staying stuck in the past. Like if you if you say yeah. things to each other like, well, we never did this or we've never, right, you right. know, you've got to go forward. And and maybe yeah, you didn't no, you do, do it many years ago, but you can oh. do it now. Oh, and when you brainstorm, like I realized Kathy had said, I'd really like to, we, there's a place that has these, uh, uh, it's it's a beautiful beach area and you park and then you go down and you see the tide pools and then she wanted to eat breakfast at this place. And I heard her say that and I went, you know, months later, I said, hey, why don't we, you know, take some time this morning and I'll come into work late and why don't we, you know, go walk down at the, you know, Crystal Cove, it's called. And why don't we walk at the tide pools and go, you know, get a bite to eat. And she goes, that is a great idea. I, I wanted to go, wait, that, I, I took the credit. I'll just be honest with you. But it was her idea. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jim, we could talk for so much longer, but I want to make sure I yeah. get to one last question. Um, listeners, don't forget sure. the whole reason why we're talking is to encourage you in many ways, but to make sure that you go to homeward.com. You can also order Jim's book, Finding Joy in the Empty Nest. There's so many other chapters and things that we could get into. But the last thing I want to talk about for just a couple of minutes is, Jim, you mentioned you are so blessed to have little Huxley and your grandchildren. We are waiting on our little grandchildren to be someday and praying for them. And I can't wait. I hope I'm still podcasting so I can um, learn from other other grandparents. We're not there yet. But um, 
you know, you have said that your greatest legacy and impact might be with your grandchildren. And, and you've talked about it as yeah. a marvelous love affair between generations. What could be just yeah. a very yeah. quick piece of advice for listeners about leaving a legacy with their grandchildren? Well, you know what? I think we have to be the party time grandparents. And I think the way you leave a legacy is to be the great, their greatest cheerleaders. And you partly when you're the greatest cheerleaders for their grandkids, you're cheering on your adult children as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, the adult children aren't going, oh, wow, I wish you'd quit, you know, cheering on my kids. And so, you know, I think every time you put energy into your, to your grandchildren, um, you know, that's a big, that's a big deal. And, and I think you can also help your children grow. For example, next week, uh, Christy and Steve are going to be gone. And so we get the two uh, grandkids, six-year-old and a four-year-old all weekend. And well, not all weekend, they're coming back to celebrate Mother's Day. They, uh, they have an anniversary experience right around that time. And um, you know what? We can help them on their marriage by yes. taking the kids. And That's so what we're going to do point. is just be, we're going to be the party time grandparents. Yesterday we were talking about, so where are we going to take them? What are we going to do? What we're going to let them plan it. We're going to make a list and say, here's, 10 things we can do. And I want you two to choose five of the things. And it might be go get ice cream that handles ice cream store. So it's not, you know, expensive type stuff. Yeah. And uh, we're going to let them plan their uh, next Saturday. We're going to let them plan their Saturday. Well, you know what? We will have a blast, oh, Charlotte. It's going to be great. And it, you're kind of giving them and some ownership of that. And, and exactly. Listen, even though Jim is the biggest advocate about about being a great grandparent. And I could talk to Jim all afternoon or out, whatever time you're listening to this. I know we all listen at different times of day, but I wish we could keep talking. And I just want to encourage you to get the book and read more about this. And, and also listeners, I have a, another podcast about leaving a legacy and there's a, a legacy letter challenge. So you might want to check that one out. And um, Jim, you know, one thing that you say on finishing well I love this quote, significance and a well-lived life are not accidental. Can you send us out in about uh, 20 seconds on that quote there? Well, things in the empty nest, if we just, the empty nest is going to fill, we're going to get all kinds of things going. So we want to be as focused as possible and make those plans happen because your significance is going to, is going to happen when you are focused on it. And uh, that's, we can, we can always, we got to keep learning. Got to keep listening. That's why it's great to have a podcast like yours. And again, congratulations on oh, being numero uno. Well, and nothing you do is accidental. I love how your posture is so, um, you just, homeward is for the Lord. You are directing people to Christ. You are keeping people together. You have so many resources for people who are single. There's a great segment in Jim's book about empty nesters who are single. Um, we would love for you to get to that. And listeners, another um, scripture that I found that I'll send us out on um, is Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy. And Jim, that's a word I'm working on is just what complete looks like. And um, yeah. your book completely covers so many great things about uh, empty nesting. So Listeners, to reach Jim, you just go to homeward.com. And also, I want to encourage you to go down and remember that on the bottom of their web uh, page that it's a nonprofit donor supported ministry. So you could partner with Homeward in an effort to help more parents and families and make a, make a donation and order the book. And Jim, I know that we will talk again because I love having you on. 
Well, thank you, Charlotte. And uh, again, congrats on on uh, this incredible uh, part of being uh, number one in your niche on in Empty Nest. Niche. Thank you. Well, it's, thank you're really you making a difference. So much. And and listeners, thank you for tuning in today. And and something else new I want to let listeners know about is I'm an artist and I have created some art. And I was praying about how to fund this podcast because I record mine in a studio and I have a wonderful production team and I love that I can um, pay them and they can have the quality of this podcast be so wonderful. So shout out to you, Mike, who's sitting right here. Thank you, Mike. But listeners, go to Etsy um, under Charlotte Guest Art and you can buy some note cards that help keep this podcast going. And thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jim. I'm going to let you say goodbye, Jim, and then I'm going to send us out. Okay. Thanks again for, for all you're doing. Thank I'm going to go to Etsy and look at your, your yes. uh, art too. That'll be in the show notes we'll and listeners, please tune in again. Thank you for your time today. It's always valuable. And I do pray that God, the source of joy will fill you completely with joy and peace. Thanks for listening.